Week 10 has concluded. Is my like, sorry, I'm like way too early, dude. I'm like out of it. I'm like getting out of the sinus infection. Little cold this weekend. Flu game. Flu yeah. game, Alex. Flu game, Alex. Today, uh, week 10, after the Giants got absolutely shit on. And I told y'all, I told y'all they were going to lose by 40, and they did. Hope you guys had a great weekend. And are off to a great start to your week. As you know, we always are. Welcome into the All Day Everyday Show with All Day AJ and Manny Ruffin. Great week of football. As usual, we have founder of the Moonshot and our Monday guy, Kenny McAndrews, yes, to break down three games this season. What's up, Mooney Gang? In the hoodie. What's up? What's going on, fellas? How we doing? How we doing? <laughs> Alex, I'm sick, too. So something's going around. Damn. I think it's just the uh, the, the fall weather, the, the changing of the seasons. I don't like – I'm not a big daylight savings guy. I, I need I need my sunlight, and I think that's just uh, – it's throwing the system off because I'm, I'm battling it this morning for sure. I am absolutely with you on that, and I don't really – I hate when it's 5 o'clock, you get done work. And it's dark. And when you start work, it's dark. <laughs> it's just a terrible time. But football is here. Week 10 has concluded. We'll start with the first game of your choice. The New Orleans Saints. And another future I have, Kenny, is the Saints to win this division. So kind of uh, on the Bills and the Saints sweat, as they would say. The Saints in Minnesota to take on the now Joshua Dobbs Minnesota Vikings. And he does just that. This is now back-to-back weeks. He's proven that he should be a QB1 in this league. And you said it last week. How many other quarterbacks is he above? I mean, is he better than... Is there 32 quarterbacks better than Joshua Dobbs? I don't know if we can go that far. Uh, Big win for the Vikings, 27-19. Initial thoughts on this game. We saw Alexander Madison go down with that concussion late in that third quarter. Vikings... Trying to stay alive in this AFC, in this NFC North division here. Six and four after this win, 27-19 over the Saints. What do you got here, Kenny? I mean, dude, you look at the Vikings team. Right now, I mean, I think if you, if you had to make a bet on who's going to be the, you know, the, the, the last, the the seventh NFC team to, to squeak into the playoffs, the, the Vikings have somehow put themselves in a position to, to have a real shot here. They've won five straight. Uh, they're now they're now six and four in the year. Weirdly, they're five and zero oh without Justin Jefferson. So is uh, was Justin Jefferson the problem? I don't think so, obviously, but exciting that it looks like he's trying to come back. I think initially when he went down, the team had no playoff aspirations. There was no point in rushing back from an injury. Now it's the Joshua Dobbs experience. The team's got the juice. We could see him as early as next week and looking forward, they've got an easy schedule. So they're sitting at six and four. It's, it's hard not to be excited for, for, uh, for Josh Dobbs here. The, the one thing that I want to say on this though, I don't know if you guys are, are already, ticket holders for this but i'm seeing a lot of hype on joshua dobbs comeback player of the year yes i love joshua dobbs i think what's happening here is awesome it's it's one of the best stories in the year this year what is he coming what is he coming back from i mean if it was like most improved player or like come up of the year like come back what is he coming back from he was a he was drafted to be a backup quarterback he's been a backup quarterback like you can't come back from no disrespect, but you can't come back from nothing. And yes. I feel like people keep make, they keep making the comparison to the Geno Smith winning it last year. Geno Smith was a high draft pick, was an NFL starter for two years, fell off a cliff, was labeled a bust, and then reappeared five years later with a new team and took him to the playoffs. Like that's a legitimate comeback. Mm-hmm. So I don't see it with Josh Dobbs, but again, the uh, the books clearly are a little nervous about it. He's down to like four hundred on on certain markets, Damn. but. It's it's one that I'm I'm gonna have uh, I think a, a lot of debate on if if he keeps this up the rest of the year because again I'm rooting for him I think it's a great story it's just I think comeback player of the year is a is a stretch it, does, it doesn't really make sense as to what's happening here but I digress I agree and I'm riding that Aaron Rodgers ticket with you so I'm hopeful for that it was crazy to see T J Hawkinson get busy like that 
Like if you're right, if you had that TJ Hawkinson ticket, good for you. You know, I can't I can only do so much gas at Josh Dobbs. I'm praying for Derek Carr. He took that big hit. You know, I love James Winston. I love seeing him come in. And I'm pr- I I feel so bad for anybody who altered Olave to to a hundred. Because he was, like, not getting involved early in the game. James Winston comes in. He starts hitting a lobby. He gets the jump ball in the corner of the end zone. That was disgusting. Da-da-da. But then the James experience in full effect with the two turnovers of the two-minute drill. And it's like, bro, we could have won this game. This game was so big for the Saints, so big for your ticket, too. And I feel like they were so close. And this is one of those swing games. Like, if they have Derek still to win this game, I don't know. But you just get Josh Dobbs by the Vikings. And that's a, that's a crushing loss if you're the Saints. I think they, they got they got Josh Dobbs. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, <laughs> one of my one of my best calls in my fantasy league uh, yesterday was dropping or not dropping was adding Josh Dobbs yesterday morning and then uh, taking Derek Carr out uh, and putting Josh Dobbs in. It was uh, like a twenty point swing okay. from twenty five for Dobbs and five for Carr. So like, and but like even if you look, we talk we've talked last week about different teams. Within the run game, you know, we're talking about the Bengals last week with it. We're talking about the Bills last week with it as well. I mean, you look at both these teams with Minnesota and New Orleans. Again, both of these quarterbacks, I guess now you can say three quarterbacks in this game, had to deal with this game with little to no run game. You look at the Saints, even just barely Alvin Kamara is getting involved. If he's not getting that 10 to 13 catches a game as a running back, they really don't have a run game. So I'm just surprised that the Saints even fought back to make this a game yeah. for, again, because I was rooting heavily for them. But for the Vikings, like, I mean, they're two games back now from the line. And that's that's a game that we'll get to later. But if you look at it, I mean, a lot of people were writing Minnesota off the off the boat. I mean, we were making them walk the we flat. Were, game yeah. was over. Talk about trade. This guy, this over. Guy. And look, over. even if... Even if they don't catch the Lions, and I, I think that would be would be a bit of a stretch. They're gonna. I think they're in the driver's seat to get to get this last wild card spot, and they've got a dream schedule the next couple of weeks in Denver, home against the Bears, in Vegas. I mean, they they could be sitting at nine and nine and four, uh, you know, midway through December. So, a lot to be excited about here for for Minnesota fans. Good for Josh Dobbs. Hundred uh, percent. Before we head over to this uh, Browns and. Ravens game, which was an absolute shit show. Um, let's just chat about about a little bit about your tickets for the moonshot. Uh, reading your tweet here from uh, three out of four on straights, and yeah, Christian Watson Watson cost you a lot of money here. Before we get into that, let's just talk about some of these picks here. Over two and a half receptions for Kyle Phillips, easy cash at plus one twenty four. Then you had Bijan Robinson. Our guy that we just Hello, absolutely Bijan. had a fun time talking about Hello. last week, able to get into the end zone. Uh, and then another one here, Christian McCaffrey. Although he does not get in the end that zone, he does have five funny. catches at plus 105. Uh, res- respect for Shanahan trying to feed him. <laughs> you, know, you, you love a coach that actually cares about his players like that. I, I actually, I, I thought that was pretty cool. They at least tried. No touchdown in uh, 17 straight games. It's just unbelievable. First time without it. And then uh, one of the big ones here as Look well. Kenny. Kenny McAndrews and the Moonshot love taking tight ends at 25 receiving yards in each half, plus 750 again. This time, it's not Dalton Kincaid, it's George Kittle. Nice little pick there. Dude, we'd be a lot more profitable if we didn't do anything else and just bet on this market, I think, for the rest of the year because it's, it's the only thing that's been a sure thing. But it, that Kittle price just felt too low, man. And yeah, plus a, again, it just if you need any justification for some of these, like it was plus 750 for 25 each half. And I think... I think 90 plus alt yards was like 700. So it's like, what do you think is more likely? He gets 90 in the game or he gets 25 each half. I just think they're, they give you way too good of a deal on, on these sometimes. So we got Kincaid tonight. I can already tell you ahead of time. It's just, it's a mandatory donation at this point, but these are, they're fun. They're fun markets, man. And I think, I think they're very generous. I also want to quickly touch on, um, 
You're under 112 and a half passing yards live line for Tommy DeVito. Um, just I'll save my afternoon. Save my afternoon. Sure. Wait, can you just shine some light on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook's, uh, you know, winning slips and how ugly they look? <laughs> so I, I've got a couple of friends that, that work with DraftKings um, that have done some cool stuff for Mooney Gang, and I've I've had a few other, a few conversations with them, and I, and I spoke with somebody in their in their marketing team last week, and I I gave them this feedback. I said, look, man, like. As a, as like a business owner, my biggest asset is is a is a winning is a winning bet slip, and like, just no bullshit. I'm sorry, your bet slips are horrible. Like you look at the Fanduel winning ticket, it is like it, it looks like it's in a shrine. It, it is shiny. It is extravagant. And the DraftKings ones, you have to like you need you need reading glasses to to make out what the what the winning market is. And then on some, the way they mark them up with like like look at the the Devito one, right? Like. It's just it's the grossest looking weirdest <laughs> ticket everywhere. It, it takes you a second to figure out what the actual bet is. So I, one day they're gonna figure out that they gotta make these look better so people like aren't embarrassed to show them to people. But uh, yeah, man, I, I I gotta give love to my brother in law. He texted me at halftime and said, "Yo, this kid sucks. His over under is like 110. Like how how in the world is this not an absolute hammer?" And I looked at it for five seconds and went, "Uh, yeah, let's do that." <laughs> I thought there was a chance they might throw Matt Barkley in there at some point too. So yeah, it was it was it was sweat free. I mean, he never had a chance. Thank you, Tommy DeVito. Thank you for your Giants for being incompetent. That was some easy money. Guys. I mean, I could have told you that. The crazy part of that, the crazy stat, uh, real quick, is eighty nine to seventeen in the season series, Cowboys Giants. Eighty nine to seventeen, Cowboys above the Giants. I mean, like just a different class, a different world that this team is in. We all knew they were going to get their asses kicked, but. Uh, a showing like that was was certainly not what I wanted to watch at a four twenty five game. I mean, just making the one o'clock game. Dude, I mean, really? I mean, dude, the the spread I think it closed at seventeen and a half, and like, I don't, I'm not too much of a spread better nowadays. But I don't, I don't know how the spread wasn't thirty. Like, I, I, I agree. I, just, I agree. Like, the only scenario where you guys would have covered is if Dak threw like multiple pick sixes. Like, other than that, like I didn't know how else. I didn't know your guys path the points. Yeah, I mean the 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 stat was that the Cowboys now covered the largest spread of the season, which was seventeen and a half. It came yeah. up from like fifteen and a half too. But let's move over to the AFC North. In my opinion, the best division in football. Browns with a top tier defense get this win on not one but two deflected tip interceptions return for touchdowns defense holds them into the game gives them a chance to win it for that late field goal 33-31 for the Ravens we were talking about this division last week with the Bengals getting a big win over the Bills last week and the Ravens upcoming schedule we're gonna have Bengals and Ravens I believe that's next week um just a huge huge division you saw the Steelers get the win last night last after yesterday afternoon as well what a huge win for the browns keeping this conversation alive for their division hopes now just one win out from the ravens big win what do you got on this one kenny yeah man so this was uh it, it similarly to so you you have ravens uh Bengals this thursday like that essentially is a it's like a, it's a half playoff game and this to an extent was 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 the same i, I wanted to talk about this one just because it was one it was, a, it was an outstanding game to begin with but it was one of the few i would say like obscure spots that mm -hmm. I, I got right yesterday i loved the browns yesterday i like i love uh, the browns outright if it, yeah it, i talked about it on my stream a good amount just like if you need one weird underdog money line today my money would be on cleveland and the funny thing was there was like three different points in this game where the game was so clearly over and the browns were so dead and the fact that they found a way to, to tough this out and, and battle back i mean it was like it's got to be the best Browns win in 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 years. Like if you're a Browns fan, I, I I find it hard to believe you've had any wins that are that are like this with this amount of meaning to it. At least in the last five ten years, Deshaun Watson was magnificent in the second half. I don't think he threw an incomplete pass. Uh, Kareem Hunt with his sixth touchdown in his last five games, which I think is just like 
slept on. I don't think anyone realized how much they're featuring him down by down down by the goal line. He is a touchdown machine right now. Um, and again, man, like the, the Browns after this, then they play the Steelers, then they're in Denver, and they play the Rams, and then they're home against the Jaguars. Like the Browns could be very easily sitting at eight and three heading into December, and that is a, a, a just a tremendous spot to be in for a team that I don't think has gotten anywhere near the amount of respect that they probably deserve for how good this defense is. And then for the Ravens, it's just it's another game where for whatever reason they just take their foot off the gas. Like they they have the ability to score fifty every single game, and and somehow they find a way to just completely just stop playing on offense in, in second halves of games and keep teams alive. And again, I talked about Kareem Hunt. I think the only player with more touchdowns in their last five games is Gus Edwards. Fine. He's, he's great by the goal. He's great at the goal line. Use him. He's a big dude. But can we give Keaton Mitchell the ball more? I mean, I, I don't, it's it's like it's like Devin Achain where every time he touches the ball, it's it's 30 yards. He, he, you know, he had a 45-yard TD yesterday. I think he had four touches for a total of like 80 yards. I don't think he touched the ball in the second half. Like, how, how does that happen? So you just, if you're a Ravens fan, you scratch your head because this this loss is bad. If you're a Browns fan, you're ecstatic. And Ravens, you got to sack up because you have a another borderline playoff game against the Bengals on Thursday. That was the complete collapse on the Ravens part. Like, they come out the game with the, with the Pat and Kyle Hamilton blitz pick six. Let's go. Let's get it going. Key and Mitchell's getting moving. I had a lot to say about that offense start, start of the season. They start moving. Like, I'm like, okay, maybe I was too late for the Browns defense to see this big game going. Second half, I'll say that Browns defense stepped up and it started, I think, with Miles Garrett. He had a couple couple plays we got some sacks, was just moving tackles off the point, like getting busy. It's just, I don't understand what we're doing in the second half, though, with the Ravens. Like, there's at least four to five different points on offense where we could just put this game away. We have our padded Zay Flowers play we can run. We have Mark Andrews. We can, like, I don't know what the hell is going on. Key then- Mitchell's highlighted for literally five minutes of the game, and that is just a ghost. Like, it's unbelievable. What were you about to say, Kenny? And then just even even like you know it's late late second half I think it's uh, it's it's twenty four seventeen Browns get a big stop they're getting the ball back and then they muff the, and they they muff the punt yep. so at that point you're like okay game's over like that was the, that was their chance to come back former Raven by the way a sleeper cell mm-hmm. agent I guess James Prochet muffs the punt they make a great defensive stance third down they're about to get off the field and only give up a field goal a BS defensive holding flag extends mm-hmm. the drive and then the Ravens score to to put up to put them up two touchdowns like now the game is a thousand percent over. And somehow, some way, the Cleveland Browns find a way. One thing I will say too, and Joku was making huge plays, like yeah. big chunk plays. And I, I thought like maybe like because you're kind of looking for Mark Cooper had a good day, but you're looking for a Mark Cooper in those situations. And it was good to see that they can lean on other guys. It was Njoku, some big runs by Jerome Ford. You see the whole old line getting to him, push him in the first down. That was a big gritty win by the Browns. I'm super impressed by that. Looking at the uh, this AFC North, and we talked a lot about it last week, mm-hmm. and the schedule continues for uh, the rest of the season. If you had to look at at a winner of this division with it being so tight, obviously content-based question here, Kenny. Uh, what are we kind of leaning towards here? It doesn't have to be a solidified answer here, but what are we kind of where, – where's the early leans on, on this division of, of your winner? It, it's tough, right, because I came on the show last week and I and I was steadfast in my belief that the, the Cincinnati Bengals are, are going to the Super Bowl. And <laughs> unfortunately, that's the game we're about to talk to. I mean, they just lost the game that they couldn't lose. So – it's it's up for grabs. I, I still I think gun to my head right now. I think the Ravens still probably take the division. I think if the if the Bengals are going to do anything, I think they're going to do it via a wild card spot, and then they're going to have to just win a couple extra games uh, in in the playoffs here. So I think right now, I think the Ravens to win the division is still is still a fair bet. But I, I would be curious to see if I don't know if books even offer like live division winners because I think like the Browns are in a really unique spot here. Their schedule is terrible the next couple of weeks here. So I I think like. 
I, I think my, my heart says Ravens, but I, I don't know, man. I think the Browns could do it. I'm not buying into the Steelers. I know they keep winning these gross games. Right. You got to you, you respect six and three. I I just, my eyes are telling me this team stinks. I can't, I can't get behind them. I cannot get behind this goddamn Kenny Pickett Steelers at all. <laughs> Let's move over to another absolute banger of a game on Sunday. The Lions win 41-38 to against the Chargers as the Lions now move to 7-2 and on the year. Right behind the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, as, as a Giants fan, it's tough for me to say this, but I can't even put the Lions in the caliber of the Eagles right now. Is that too far of a stretch to say? Maybe. Personally, I cannot do it. I think the Eagles are well far and ahead of, of the Lions. But record-wise, you know, you're obviously going to be in that in that contention there, in that conversation. Biggest thing with the Chargers here in this loss, they are they now move to 4-5, four and five, and four of those five losses are one-score games other than the one game against the Chiefs where they lost like 31-17 or something like that. But other than that, one-score games. We continue to talk about this Chargers team. One-score game after one-score game and loss after loss. This team has to step up. Kellen Moore's got to step up. Herbert's got to step up. It's a game we got to win. Fought back. It was a pinball game. All game. Back and forth. Back and forth. And the Lions able to come up with that late field goal to win this one, 41-38. Kenny, give us our early thoughts on this big game. I mean, I don't think anybody coming into this had doubts in how real the Lions, Lions were, but it was good to see them get a tough win on the road. I mean, I, I this team is scary. In Ford Field, that crowd gets nuts. They're a different team at home. And just for his career, Jared Goff has never been the same player on the road than he is than he is back at home. And good to see him. I mean, he was lights out, 23 of 33, 333 yards, two touchdowns in a game where, again, they, you know, they didn't, they like, the thing about the Lions is their offense has it's been amazing all year and it was tremendous last year too, but the, the crutch has always been the defense. If they were winning games last year, they had to score 35 points. And the difference between the Lions this year is that there's been a couple of games where their defense is, has won them games where you just you never saw that from from this team last year. And in a game where like it was the race to 40, they had to score 41 points. They got it done. Seven and two. The team is as as legitimate as it gets. I still have no fear in them whatsoever. I, it's not that I don't respect them. It's not that I'm, I don't think I have a blind spot. I, I, I just, I am very confident in how the Eagles match up against this team. I, I have, I have no fear in the Detroit lions. And again, this clip can bite me in the ass. It's, <laughs> it's not meant to be disrespectful. I think they're a great team. They're likable. Dan Campbell's the man. I just, I still think they're an order of magnitude below where the Philadelphia Eagles are. I'm, I'm no, I 100% agree. Uh, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm lit. My uncle's out there. They're lit for the Lions. Like, I, I'm happy for him. But they can get to that tier, but I think the Eagles win that matchup. Did Jameer get – like, you think it's the all Jameer Gibbs show, and he was doing his thing too, but then David Montgomery's making crazy plays. Oh one God. cut, making guys fall. And then each other like, yo, what's up with that? David Montgomery's finding his legs. Amaraz St. Brown's elite, continues to be elite. It, the thing you said that I liked the most about the Lions was like they could find ways to win different games. Like the first game of the season against KC, which you thought would maybe be a shootout, was like a defensive grueler, greedy game. Then they come here and show you the ability to win the shootout versus the Chargers, and the Chargers are going to hand you games. Like they could have came back. My boy placed the best ticket I saw the day. Keen Allen live two touchdowns plus nineteen hundred gets that. You think okay, the Chargers going to do their thing, come back, and I just. Like, can they get a stop ever when they need to? Like, I thought they had a defensive coach. We've got rid of defensive coordinators, and it's the same thing every single year. Like, I don't understand going forward, Kenny, or what would you do with if you were the Chargers? Because it's the same thing every year. Do we have to get rid of the head coach at this point? Like, what is he, the he's got, Yeah, D, it's this this team is too loaded. Herbert is too Way good. Too. And, and the, the hype is too real for, for this team to continue to underperform. I still thought they should have fired him. Uh, after the after he botched the potential tie with the Raiders last year, you remember that? <laughs> yeah, and again, they said after the fact, him calling that timeout changed it. Like if they did, if he didn't call a timeout, they were kind of just in limbo. They were going to let the clock go. So 
I think he should have gotten fired immediately after that game in the, in the press conference. I was pretty surprised to see them bring him back. This team at four and five is just an outright disappointment. Now you can say they've been banged up, Eckler's been hurt, yada yada, but like the team is far too loaded, and they've lost just some just some disgusting games that they that they that they've had to win. They're sitting at four and five. Uh, I just I don't know I don't know what to what to think about this team. And now I don't really know. Like I, I think we give Justin Herbert such a pass because again the stats the stats are great, great. and there's it's easy to point the finger elsewhere. You know Staley's a loser. This, this <laughs> he plays for a loser franchise. Loser things are going to happen. But at some point, dude, like you got to you you have to go win a game in the fourth quarter, and he just time and time again comes up short. But give him a coach that's not a, a full blown loser, and see if this team with a new shot of DNA can do something. But man, what a disappointing start to like the Justin Herbert era of the Chargers because this team has. Like just top to bottom roster construction, they've got to be one of the most five loaded rosters in the NFL, and they just find ways to trip over themselves every single week. And we saw a huge game from Keenan Allen in in this performance as well. This is his third game, only his third game this season above 100 yards. As a prop bidder, have we looked at all leaning towards maybe, you know, Keenan Allen receptions, Keenan Allen yards, something like that? Yeah, I mean, the, the targets are there. We, what, eight receptions, eight receptions, 11 receptions in the last three. I mean, it's just, it, he's, he's the, the safety valve, and especially if they're playing anybody that, that's, that's running zone. I mean, he just, he, he obliterates zone coverage. So he's automatic every week. I think they usually hang his receptions around seven and a half. So if you can get it close to even money, like, it's just, you bet it until it doesn't hit. And he's been automatic the last, the last month. Hey, last thing before we let you go here. Uh, I know, as we both know you are and many other people on social media, you're a big, big, big Penn State football fan. Can you give us some thoughts about the game? And you're, as a Penn State fan, as a Big Ten football fan, as a uh, Penn State alma mater, what do we feel about Harbaugh and Michigan and this whole scandal? Uh, I don't care about the, the Harbaugh-Michigan thing. I didn't like that uh, they they didn't let him go onto the sidelines, and I didn't like how late that they announced it, only because, and I think... Uh, I think, I think Big Cat tweeted this, and it, it was just, it, it, to me, it was exactly what I felt. If we ended up winning this game, which I had no faith we were going to do anyway, but if we won this game, I feel like it would have it would have given the excuse wagon on the other side. Like, oh, well, we were dealing with distractions all week, and we didn't have Harbaugh on the sidelines, and this and this, and it's just like, I didn't want any of that. I, I wanted to beat them straight up, and I wanted there to be no side distractions. So I didn't really care. Dude, go steal your signs. Like, I imagine <laughs> other teams are doing it too. Like, it's just, it's... I, 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 to me, it seems like a, a pretty big nothing burger, although the story is hysterical when you really start to peel into it. For Penn Staters, I just I don't really know where we go from here. I'm not even upset because it's it's the same thing every single year. Like eventually you stop getting upset when you lose to Ohio State and Michigan because it's it's all you've ever known. And I've been trying to like have a level headed view of like the overall importance and value of James Franklin to Penn State, to the university, and to football. I mean, he's been a great ambassador. Like the the program is in a better spot than it was when he got here. He's a he's a great figurehead. And my God, he is an absolutely horrific head coach. Horrible. And I just don't know where you find the balance there. Yeah, usually the answer is why don't you get a lights out O coordinator so they can be the de facto game day coach. But we've had one good one and he went and got a job, Joe Moorhead, mm-hmm. and then uh, Franklin's ripped through the other four. So I don't know where you go from here. Um, he's under contract for the next like 10 years at like an exorbitant amount of money. And I don't know that him, I don't know that moving away from him, like I don't know who the alternative is for the next head coach, but he has to be able to give up play calling completely and find an O coordinator that we can lock in for a few years. And my God, like find a way to win one big game. Dude. It's, I'm just tired. Brutal. I'm very, very tired. 
I was, I was gonna Joe, say I wasn't that pissed off like because I thought like the game was gonna go how it went. I was pissed off at the post game interview. Like, come on, dog. He's alive. He's in the crib. Like, we don't gotta cry like that. Like, like I, that just put me on. Yeah, he said, like, "This one's for you. This one's for you, Chip." Come on, bro. Like, whatever. I just had to ask that as a big Penn State fan, and I did see that big cat tweet as well. And and although I'm not a Penn State football fan, can easily 110% agree with that because I know the excuses from Michigan would have been exactly what was tweeted and exactly what you said. It's just like, hey, it's a great game. Like, I get the Harbaugh is a big story, and it's been like the lead up. Uh, into the game was 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 pretty heavy, but like, dude, at the end of the day, this is a massive game. Let's just focus on how important this massive right. matchup is in the Big Ten and in the college football. You know, in, in with within the the future of the playoff here. And I just think the the Harbaugh stuff it just took too much attention away from the game. Which I guess if you're a Penn State fan is a good thing because you can easily forget about it a little more. But <laughs> it's it just it sucks, man. Like, and I don't know how much how much is Aller to blame for just unfortunately being like the worst five-star recruit i guess right. i've i've ever seen but at the same time like you know they they clearly have training wheels on him because they're afraid to let him throw too much and this this is what you get so it's just this is a sad penn state fan who is just no longer has the energy to care about losses like this anymore <laughs> and not many people can do it like trace mcsorley man nine, <laughs> nine had the it factor the it goat. factor can't be taught man yeah, put some respect on the greatest QB that's ever for come from Penn State. <laughs> hey, Kenny, thanks for Week 10. We'll see you in Week 11. Have a great day. And uh, I'm seeing the Fortnite stream, so I'm having a lot of fun on the game, too. Hope you are, too. Hey, let's, let, where are we dropping, man? Hit me up. Let's get to Hey, 100%. We'd love to get on the stream and play with you, man. Right, see you, fellas. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Right, yeah, man. 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, founder of the Moonshot. Our Monday guy, Kenny McAndres. Wow, what another solid week with the boy. We'll keep things pushing here. If you guys are tuned in here, make sure to drop a like, comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Uh. And make sure to our audio listeners, we do love and appreciate you. Sorry, checking the watch there. Apple Podcasts and Spotify, hit those ratings. They do help us a long, long way. I did seamless not say at the beginning of the show. Transitions, so, boy. Seamless transitions, as I'm usual. Saying. We'll keep it rolling here. The Texans, the CJ Stroud Texans, Uh-oh. beat the Bengals in what an absolute stunner of a game, 30-27. to 27. Can we now put the respect, even more respect, on CJ Stroud? And we can, can we now put him in possible MVP conversations? Is that what we're talking about with this Rookie quarterback out of Ohio State. The Texans win a huge one against the Bengals, 30-27. to And how about the run game? Let's not even, like, let's start to talk about that. We were talking about the run game last week, doing this all without a run game. This week, Devin Singletary decides to put on a show and an absolute clin- clinic. 30 carries, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Go Texans, go. Did we think that the Texans were going to be above 500 at any point in this season? I personally didn't, and they're now 5-4. and four. Listen, I'm down for the C.J. Stroud MVP talks. The one thing is that we just got to see the rest of the season. We got to keep on winning. But massive W right here. You got the Bengals coming in, rolling off the wins they've had. We talked about Joe Burrow last week, how he was doing. Now, I had a thought. I'm going to let y'all think about this yourselves, but just look at the C.J. Stroud-Joe Burrow comp. I can see it this game a little bit. C.J. Stroud was dotting it up, and Joe Burrow was doing his thing too. One thing I liked a lot on both sides when it came to the quarterback, they both had some turnovers in big moments. And they both came back and was doing their thing. Didn't phase didn't them one bit. You can see how much this Texans offense, like you said, flows so much better when they have a running game. Singletary was eating off the one cuts, and it opened everything up. And even when it wasn't Singletary, they still had the reverse to Tank Dell and a couple of the versus other people too. The Tank Dell-CJ Stroud connection is insane. Like, I don't know how you stop, I don't know how you hey, stop you that. Said. And we were talking, yo, they're dead. Yeah, they're dead. It's crazy. Their dance is crazy. I love that shit. And Noah Brown still gets busy, too. We talked about him last week. We might have to add him to the lock list. I don't know. We watching you. We watching you, Noah. This, is, this isn't necessarily like a bad loss. 
if you're the Bengals. But how it happens just kills you because what the win could have did for you was a lot, oh and it just God. it just hurts. Like I don't know. I, just I mean, would have been tied with the Browns, and then one win out of the Ravens. What a, a, a running for the AFC North would have been. Let's talk about like you touched on Noah Brown. I want to talk about Dalton Dalton Schultz as well. These are two receivers that led Houston. In receiving at 172 and 71, Tank Dell that, that was just touched on as well was at 56 on the day. But those two receivers that led Houston were two receivers on the Dallas Cowboys yeah. last year. And now the connection that CJ has, I mean, I mentioned it last week to Kenny. These boys have some weapons yeah. down in Houston. Yeah. Noah Brown coming out of his shell. Dalton Schultz actually is like one of the favorite targets to look towards. And Dak... Only really looked at this guy in the red zone, in my opinion. Yeah. Tank Dell's that guy. And you still have the young gun himself, John Mechie. And oh, wait, they still have Robert Woods. <laughs> There's so many targets and so many weapons here in Houston. This is a just a crazy thought to even be talking about a Houston Texans team after they go to their quote-unquote rebuilding year and you get your rookie quarterback, who's now in MVP talks, and this team is now above 500. I, I, I don't see it any other way. For a franchise that has been dying and dying for a good football team and have only had a good baseball team. Great <laughs> win for, for Houston. All right, uh, let's keep it rolling here. Another AFC North battle. The Steelers host the Green Bay Packers. Jordan Love, great dot there to read. Oh, what, a, what an absolute oh my God. throw. Uh, but the Steelers knock off the Packers 23-19. Packers get a big win last week at home against the Rams. They travel this week on the road to Pittsburgh, and they do not get the job done. Let's talk about the running game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, I feel like you could just give anybody the ball and they would snap. You look at Najee Harris and Jalen Warren carrying the running game for this team. And Kenny Pickett, you don't have to do a lot when your offensive line is feeding these guys to run the ball. 23-19 Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, this is one of those games where you just look at it. I'm pretty sure the over-under was 38.5. You just auto-think this is way under. They come out to start, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Like what the hell is going on here? Jordan Love looks like prime Peyton Manning. Like you said, with this, like you said, with the Steelers, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. Like I had, I was coming at Steelers fans for saying Jalen Warren was better than Najee Harris, but now I watching this game, I kind of see the vision. They both had it going, and these might have been the biggest holes I've ever seen opened up in Pittsburgh, like in the last three, four years. It was actually unbelievable. I'm so happy for all of them. Najee's got to stop trying to hurdle people who are standing up. Like, someone's going to just get up under with the helmet in the area that you don't want to get. Like, I don't know why he keeps doing that. Kenny Pickett low-key got that clutch factor with him. Uh, I guess so. We keep, we keep, listen, listen, because the one week he had the drive where it was like, it wasn't like, it wasn't a game-winning drive this week or anything like that in two minutes. But I'm just saying, making the plays in the fourth quarter, for some reason, he just comes alive. Can find George, can find Deontay, make the plays. There was one play, it was like third and nine, fourth quarter. I think there was about three minutes left. They're trying to up the clock. He can extend the run for 11 yards with his legs. Like, I'm starting to see the vision. Like, he, he doesn't need to do too much. If Mike Tomlin can just coach his ass off and take this ragtag team to six and three, just all you got to do is take care of the ball, make a couple plays. It's weird because Packers fans like want to lose games. Like, <laughs> yeah. and if I'm a Packers fan, I want to lose games too. But and this shit was just way too close for comfort. Like, if Jordan Love is a little bit more on point in the red zone, the one the one pick to Chris Watson was a force. Then obviously the pick in the, the game he had it though that way. But if he's a little bit better in the red zone, they probably win this game. And the Packers want to lose games, so I don't know how it's gonna go up there. But at least he's looking more comfortable and they're getting busy because Dobbs, Reed, and, and Watson look good. He did 
cause Kenny, unfortunately. But hey, um, like, away. where are all the Matt Canada haters now? The team's now six and three. I mean, Where'd you guys go? That's what I'm saying. Where what happened? Bro. That's what I'm saying. Second team six and three. Matt Canada said, "You know what? I'm gonna come out of the booth. I'm gonna get on the field. On the field. And now we're winning games. Mm-hmm. I don't care that it's a Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't care that that they don't match up with anybody else in their division." The team is six and three, and they're winning football games. Somehow, so somewhere. the Matt Canada haters, somehow, hey, somewhere. I, where, what happened? Where'd you guys go? We're gonna make it out until of they somewhere. start getting shit on again. We can start saying, you know, Matt Canada this, Matt Canada that. But <laughs> the team's winning. The team's winning games. So hop off. All right, real quick, we're gonna touch on a Thursday night game, a sleeper, a snoozer, whatever kind of game you want to call it, or whatever kind of word that uh, uh like relates to the word sleep and boring. Facts. I don't know how we continue to get these dog shit prime time games, and they just keep giving us games where it's always gonna be a prime time under. Yeah. How many times? What did Kenny say last week? Now that they're, they're now <laughs> twenty three and seven prime time games. Actually, I shouldn't say that because of the Sunday night game. Uh, actually, uh, no, I should say that. No, yeah. Yeah, I should. That's yeah, 28. So, again, now we're at 24 and 7 on the year in primetime games. They're giving us these Thursday night games that are just dog shit. And you could even say the Sunday night games, too. Um, but 16, 13 Bears, a lot of field goals, a lot of embarrassing play. Uh, and, and you look at, at the Panthers. I actually thought the Panthers were going to pull this one out. Wow. Bryce Young's still struggling a little bit. We're not going to really hone in too much on him. But Beijing gets the job done for the Bears. Again, you don't really have to say too much on this game. 16-13. I, I hit the group chat before this game, and I said, listen, boys, I'm taking Bears minus three just to build character, just to, just to become more of a man. That's and that's definitely what it did. First punt to the crib. Yep. Beijing mistakes. It, this was We don't got to get too much into it. We end up getting the minus three push. No other way it would go. There's no way you're winning a bet on this game. If you did, congratulations. That was disgusting. I hope you all got good rest on that game. 100%. We will now move to our Germany game, NFL Frankfurt games yesterday. Why do they have to see that? I Yeah, I, I mean, can we put some other games? We just went from a Kansas City-Miami Dolphins game in that same stadium, and a week later we go to the Indianapolis Colts without Anthony Richardson and the Mac Jones-New England Patriots. Like, what God. an absolute boring shit show of a game we saw in this one. Colts win this one 10-6. Mac Jones gets benched. Bailey Zappi with the terrible interception. Belichick is not happy about that. We saw the videos of Bill Belichick. Did you see him on the ring camera? Um, Like like walk shame type-esque type thing. I mean, this team is in shambles. We've we've known it. Uh, I'm I'm a Giants fan. I'd rather be laying in my sack of shit team than laying in that sack of shit team out of New England for sure. Um, So y'all can hate me for that one. But uh, you know what? Colts, way to get a win way in this go, long guys. travel going to Germany. So you moved to 500 on the year, 10 to 6 Colts in Germany. I like watching JT and Gardner Minshew's been getting busy doing his thing. He found a little bit of a couple of some golden sack with Josh Downs down the field. But holy fuck, like, what an embarrassment. Mac Jones is bad. Can we just can we just can we conclude that? Oh, man, I mean, getting getting benched in the middle of the game like that, Billy Zappi comes in and Billy Zappi actually looks better for a while. He throws that pick, which is horrible, and then they pan to Bill Belichick and he actually looks like, like, dude, like, when's the last time I've been two and eight? Why am I still going to this? I have work on. I have to go to work on Monday with these guys. That's what his look was. I feel pray for Bill. We've been praying for Bill every week. We're gonna keep praying for you, but we put hands on you, my guy. Uh, yeah, we're we're trying. To, <laughs> we're, we're trying. To feel, we're gonna have another walk of shame. I'll tell you what. Uh, okay, over to the Cowboys and the Giants over at AT and T Stadium. The Cowboys win a absolute. Nuke of a game, forty nine to seventeen over the Giants. Um, I mean, it was twenty four nothing. This was such a don't overthink it, and we overthought. I mean, I overthought it. I wouldn't. I didn't overthink it. I, I was telling everybody they were gonna win by forty. Take Cowboys in the spread. Everyone bitching, bitching, bitching. This is too many points. Too many points. I mean, 
if you're a Giants fan, everybody knew. <laughs> everybody knew they were going to get killed in this game. As a Giants fan, you knew that. Wait, I wait, mean, wait, wait. did Tony Pollard get in the end zone? I don't think he got in the end zone. No, he... He Tony Pollard was one of the only. I mean, every you could okay. put an alignment that Fan got Duel. in there. FanDuel um, was eating steak dinners, getting strippers, yeah. doing blow off Tony Pollard, not getting the end zone, uh-huh. and Chris McCaffrey not getting the end zone. Good yeah. for FanDuel. That's true. That's good true. For, good for them. Uh, this is a team that is now the Giants are now in these two games against the Cowboys this season outscored eighty nine to seventeen. You remember in Week One at home at MetLife forty to nothing route. And then now here, nine weeks later, At least we 49-17, Tommy DeVito. First game as a starter, undrafted Syracuse quarterback. Parents are there. Call them weird fourth fourth and three plays. I don't know if you remember that. Why run the ball there? This line sucks. Why run the ball? The defense really tried to keep them in the game early, and we saw that. That was the only chance they were going to have. Would have liked to see how they would have been able to pressure if they would have scored in the red zone there. You got the ball at the 12-yard line after the interception. And uh, you can't score. Um, and that just kind of sums up the season already. This team has just been put in good spots to score points, and they consistently cannot do that. You look at my favorite play from this year of not being able to get in the end zone at halftime against the Bills in Sunday Night Football. Just laughable. This team really is. Brian Dable, I do believe wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly that you will not be quarterback of the New York Football Giants at the end of this year. I, I understand you're getting not a lot to work with. But, hey, man, like the stuff that you are able to control – you got to be able to control. This was a game that we knew you were going to get killed, and you did. Um, Dak Prescott showing that the Cowboys are a scary team when they played the bad teams. When they play the good teams, not so much. Listen, we can't. I understand with Giants fans, we want to see some some competition, but we can't tweak. We're handling business. We're losing games, baby. We got sweepstakes to win. I'm telling so, you, Caleb Williams. Man, we got sweepstakes to win. Caleb Williams is probably going to be a Giants uh, quarterback. Do you? Uh, my thing is, so I'm kind of. Maybe I might be blind because of the things that happened to Caleb Williams, but I wouldn't sleep on Drake May. Dude, I don't know what it is about me and ACC quarterbacks. Like, is he? Oh, can, Daniel Jones, ACC too. Y'all might like, want to get away from that. Huh? Can can he fit yeah, in this offense? Like, you look at both of these guys, and I said this last week. Both of these guys have competent offensive lines where they have plenty yeah. of time to get the ball. Sure, they have to be mobile and and get out and get you know make some clutch throws on the run. And sure, both of them do that. But it's not going to be a walk in the park no. like we're seeing not in here. Stroud. No. Okay. <laughs> when you look at this offensive line, you guys are going to get banged up early and often every single game. So can you guys adapt to this offensive line? And can are the Giants ready to adapt to a whole new culture and, and basically blowing up the team? Saw what Victor Cruz said this week in his comments. You guys need to do a restart. Blow the team up. Start oh, over. So, down. so yeah. I think Joe Shane's going to stay. I And I know he's boys with Brian Dable. I don't know after this year you can really keep him. But again, that would be <laughs> a, a terrible look. You know, guy that wins coach of the year the year prior. Team wins look. a playoff game. Team makes the playoffs and wins the playoff game. And uh, next year you have your 2-8 after 10 games. And you're looking to draft a whole new quarterback. And you might be getting rid of the coach. Let's also think about this. This is a funny stat for me. In ten games of football this this year for the New York Football Giants, they are two and eight, and I have seen one of those two wins. Wow. That's just crazy. Wow. Like <laughs> the luck on on my you part to, to actually see a win live. You know, I think I'm just gonna have to go there nah, again. No, nah, you might need to rip the next game where the Giants money line is like juicy. We just have to may have to get system, or or we just don't up. go and have them lose, then they get a better yeah, better draft pick. I'm not a fan of tanking at all. I want to root for my team, but. I nah, mean, this yeah, is just getting yeah. laughable football, at this point, football man. Football is rough. Like, it's Look, so when rough. you get to the last, and I said it last week, you get th- <laughs> the last three games of the year, two of them are against the Eagles. Fuck it. We know Hurt's going to get benched. Yeah, like, win that. Uh, he might be benched for two of them, for I mean, both bullshit. games. Oh, so bullshit. maybe they, they'll win a scrap time one. Um, But 
you know, I'm not the guy that's going to fight, you know, trying to stick up for this Giants team. Like, we all know what it really is. Like, just wake up and, and reassess yourself if you're going to try to stick up for this team right now. Okay, moving on here to the Buccaneers. The MV- NFC South getting very, very sweaty with the Saints losing yesterday and the Buccaneers winning. Will Levis loses again. Back-to-back away games lost. The Titans now move to 3-6 and six on the year. 20-6 to six do the Buccaneers go with a Rashad White... Very, very running back, like, grueling game for him. Tried to pick him up in most fantasy leagues. Wasn't able to be successful with that. Uh, but he was able to get into the end zone yesterday uh, and, and a solid fantasy back at that. 20-6 to six Buccaneers over the Tennessee Titans. Twitter and the internet was getting loud on Will Levis, but, like, if you really look how it's set up, the Buccaneers have been tough on young quarterbacks this year and tough on quarterbacks in general, and they shut down Derek. Like, I ain't tripping on Will Levis like that. This was a tough game for him. This is a big get for the Bucks. And low-key, you put, you were talking about Rashad Wright. He's becoming one of my favorite players in the league, bro. I just like his running style. He gets out the backfield a lot. This could be a fried comparison. I understand he's faster than them. But I see a little bit of left bell out there sometimes. The sleeves, the way he runs up right a little bit, work out the backfield. He hits the hill a little faster than left bell, but he's been a huge piece for them. Mike Evans just keeps eating. Just keeps eating. He catches passes, runs people over. He's carrying people into the end zone. Like, Mike Evans needs to get a statue outside the Buccaneer Stadium, I think. I think he's just that dude, bro. We've been, and I don't think we've been sleeping on Mike because he's just been at that level of elite for his whole career that it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, Mike Evans, of course he's going to do this. But, I mean, God damn. Like, he's just one of those. He's got to be a legend in our generation. Let's remember, though, earlier in this year, first couple weeks of the season, we were talking about possibly seeing Mike Evans in another uniform yeah. outside of a Buccaneers yeah. uniform. Uh, and, and, He's stayed with it, stuck to Still his gut, producing. and is con- continuing to produce. I mean, I also think we can shine a little bit of light on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I mean, um, he's hooping. Like, just... Perfect spot for him. I too. was just going to say, he's put in a great position for him to, Gritty you know, kind of keep bouncing back in his career. Doesn't have to make too many plays with his arm, but he has to make the few, get you out know, the... Like, I love Baker in Tampa Bay, you're right. And you talk about a guy in a, in a system in a good spot. That's Brock Purdy. Big game in this 49ers blowout of the Jaguars in Jacksonville, 34-3. Although Christian McCaffrey does not keep his streak of 17 straight games in the end zone, Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk, and this 49ers team absolutely route the Jaguars. Two teams above their division, on top of their division. And uh, just a fun game to watch. 49ers really needed this win after the bye, losing three straight. This was a big Get back moment, get back game oh for them, God. and they do exactly that. I'm not like, listen, my my people down Duval, I am tripping. We didn't have this game too competitive, but we gotta be realistic. This is a huge get right spot. They motherfuckers just got Chase Young, bro. Did you see them two out there? Yeah, dude. Are you? They're crazy. So we so we doing all this to get to, to sack Jalen Hurts, the Ohio State boys. Jalen Hurts in the spring MCL. We doing all this to ta- to tackle them now. That's what we doing. Like they have the most open. This is so mad an ultimate team shit they got going I on. I can't out there. wait to see them play the Eagles and Jordan Mailata, Lane Johnson, Chase Young. You stabbed me, Now you're not wrong, but yo, my fault, Brock. He was getting loud on you. Look, really, really, were. really good. But the one, he had some fried throw, though. The touchdown to Ayuk. Like, can he just never do that ever again? I don't know where I he gets that. I need because I have Ayuk in the league. So that was you. Let it happen. <laughs> let it happen. He said, let it happen. If you had Christian McCaffrey, ATD, you and Kyle, you and Kyle should hang out go get a beer. Like, yeah. he had all y'all, man. He was trying to do what he wanted to, but at the end of the day, Fanduel was throwing a party. Christian Kirk was getting it moving and grooving. They shut down Calvin Ridley. Big time. And that was really the story. I don't think that's really why the Jaguars could get it pushing. And obviously, the pass rush had Trevor Lawrence in hell. I'm not tripping too bad if I'm a Jaguars fan. 
we can see what we have going on in the stretch, but we're still in a good position. This was a huge get right spot for the 49ers. I'm not tripping. This is a good get right spot for the 49ers. We can keep, I mean, take, we're going to get good film from this for the Jaguars. We got slammed. But we're going we're gonna to improve all this. I'm not tripping if I'm going to do volume. No, and again, both of these teams fighting for their division. 100%. As you now know, the Seahawks, which we'll George get Kittle, to. Oh, George Kittle with the little toe to the end zone. Hey. He was getting, yeah. I mean, but for, for this ones. NFC West, I mean, now the Seahawks are tied. With True. the 49ers at 6-3. and three. So that was a huge win for them to get. And we'll and get to the Seahawks because they fucking... We will get to the Seahawks in Sheesh, two games, it. actually. We'll now move to the Falcons visiting the Kyler Murray Arizona Cardinals. Up, we say goodbye to Joshua Dobbs. Kyler Murray comes out of uh, Call of Duty injury timeout. And... He was probably grinding. <laughs> he probably was grinding. <laughs> he was Modern Warfare 3. <laughs> Cardinals win this one 25-3. Kyler Murray's unbelievable athleticism yeah. with looked like he ran over 80 yards on that play, was able to bypass the third down, get the first down, set them up for that game-winning field goal. Uh, the athletes back on this team, we need to see more of it, and we'll look to keep those Arizona Cardinal fans uh, happy with their quarterback decision, especially after the signing. Good win for the Cardinals and good win for Kyler getting back here. 25-23. Listen, my fault, Kyler. I was saying Josh, no one can get the Cardinals lit like Josh Dobbs can. You come back and we're beating teams that are in the playoff race. Like, let's keep it a buck. Like, they really are in that race. We have to keep an eye on Trey McBride now. Facts. Is that his guy? Is that who he was playing Call of Duty with when he was injured? As soon as he gets back in the thing, it's like, we're going right to Trey every time. So, we're going to look at you for the lock list. Thank you, Arthur. Thank you. Look who got 22 carries. Look who got almost 100 yards. And look who got in the end zone. Dude. Now, we didn't win. Is that Arthur Smith's argument? And then we didn't win, and we gave, we gave him the ball 22 times? Do you times? think he heard but, all the noise? Shit, he heard the noise. Did you see the one press conference he had? Yep. This guy went on for five minutes trying to explain why. Like, he looked like he was trying to explain the moving chest the way he was trying to explain why uh-huh. he didn't give Bijan Robinson the ball. Uh-huh. He heard the noise. He's probably killing his son. was probably yelling, Bijan, Bijan, Bijan. Gave him the ball 22 times. Didn't equate to the win because we kind of got Kyler Murray. Like I said, the one play was unbelievable, and you see why he's that dude. Good for them. This is a bad, bad loss here at Falcons, man. Like, this times? is why you put those pieces on the defense. We think we have guys in place to get stops like that to put us in position when you get games like that, put us in the playoff race, and we just don't get it. Like, I don't know. How many times do we have to talk about this Falcons team with just grueling losses? Is Arthur Smith counting his up? days? I don't know. I don't know if we go that far. I think. What would help his case is if he started to utilize his running back more, like he did this week. Like he did this week. All right, moving over now. We got two games to go in our Week 10 slate. The Commanders visiting 12 Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. 29-26 loss for the Commanders. Here's a stat that I want to read from NFL Rookie Watch on Twitter. Sam Howell did lose, but we can start talking about the uh, the franchise quarterback yeah. for the Commanders. How This is, again, from NFL Rookie Watch on Twitter. Howell is now leading the entire NFL in passing yards at 2,783. He's leading the entire NFL in passing completions at 264 and is tied for third in the entire league in passing touchdowns at 17. Now, again, yesterday against the Seahawks defense, he was 29 for 44, 312 passing yards and three touchdowns with a 109.3 passer rating. Look at this guy, man. We touched on it last week. Ron Rivera said earlier in this offseason and, and beginning of this he year, said it in the found our guy. Found our guy. We said it in the offseason. We said it in the offseason, too. And, and and you look at what Rivera said. I should have trusted my gut. I should have trusted him. Put him in later last season instead of not and going with and riding the wave of Taylor Heineke. But uh, just a, a fun game 
for to watch here and, and uh, even funner performance. I know that's not a word, but a funner performance here for Sam Howell and what this team actually has and what they found out of this quarterback. Congratulations to whoever had Brian Robinson first touchdown and whoever <laughs> had Brian Robinson all receiving yards. Yeah, like who's having that? Two extremely fried bets, but I know someone's sitting there smiling right now listening to the show. This was a big gift for the Seahawks. First half, we're 9-9. We're down 6-9. We put together a drive to tie 9-9. It's looking slow. Geno don't look too good. The running game isn't really moving the way it should. It wasn't really moving the way it should the rest of the day, even though the second half was a little more productive, which helped us get more points on the board. But it's a clutch W because if we lose this game for the Seahawks, damn, because it's the position we were in the start. The teams that are getting W's now, we needed this one. We get a clutch performance out of of Geno Smith to come down the stretch and, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Gino's gotten his flowers last year, obviously. But I just love what he's been doing with this team. Because there was a point where, like, DK with the rust thing, he didn't look he was that great of a teammate. You thought they were going to split that up maybe. They all look balled in. They're doing their thing. He's hitting them every single week. There's no argument going on. Everything looks cohesive. Pete Carroll's old as hell, still winning games. Doesn't look anywhere near as stressed out as Bill Belichick. So I'm, I'm happy with what we're doing with the Seahawks. Big, big W, clutch W. Because that is, I mean, goddamn. If they lost this game, I'm almost... Almost very confident they could choke a playoff spot. Hey, I mean, imagine, uh, imagine what this Commanders team would look like at five and five. True. You know, I mean, that's uh, still still possible point to kind of. And thank you for shining light on Sam Howell because I think someone said we were tripping for saying the Commanders receiving core is better than the Cowboys. Like, bro, we see it every single week. They all eat. All three of them eat. And Sam Howell continues to find them. And that's insane. He's leading the yards. It is. It is unbelievable. I don't think a lot of people really could even picture that. On on a commander's team, by the way. That's what I mean. 100%. So you you look at at the commanders too, now four and six. Still at the possibility of of making the playoffs and being in the hunt for it. I mean, you can't run it off. It's going to be a fun fun next couple weeks for the commanders and and what this NFC East is going to look like. Three of those four teams have a real good shot to make the uh, the playoffs. Obviously, let's, let's. Take the Eagles out, right. possibly take out the Cowboys, but right. really, especially for this Commanders team. All right, over to our last game of the Week Ten slate, and I'm already smiling ear to ear because I got shit on last week by a lot of people in the comment sections on Instagram and a lot of our social media platforms as the Raiders beat the Jets 16 to 12. For those of you that didn't see the post, I did get shit on because I was, you know, talking a lot about the cigar smoking after beating the now two and seven. But now this week, two and eight, uh, New York football Giants. Obviously, I did know that the reason was a whole culture change. But again, it's it's the fucking Giants, okay? So I was really hoping that the Jets could win this game so I could fire back at a lot of those people and say, hey, Zach Wilson, bring out the cigars. Uh, unfortunately, not the case. Uh, Raiders get this one. And Antonio Pierce, AP, hey, 2 and 0. You're creating a different culture. You look about a month ago, what Devontae Adams was doing against uh, against the Lions on Monday Night Football. Throwing his helmet, really frustrated, and now you now look. About a month later, team goes back to back wins. Team's excited again. There's some life on this team, and you know what? Maybe at the end of the year, we we take that interim head coach tag off of AP. And you we, know what I'm saying? Make him HC. You know what I'm that saying? It has to make you feel good. Hundred percent. Giants yeah. guy. I don't think half those guys in that fucking a, comment section I knew that he think, was a former Giant, though. No, so, no, you know what I mean? hell <laughs> And, like, if they just listen to the show, like, you just hear talk, Harris talk about right out there, like, why they could have possibly been smoking right. cigars. It's but just, that's just the comments for you. And that's also just great on us for the marketing of the clip. You know what okay? I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? But, like, I, I like that AP's getting his, like, people are seeing him, guys like him, D'Amico Ryans, that guys that were really quarterbacks on a lot of defenses, really good defenses that didn't really get the praise for it because they're just brute middle linebacker type of guys. I mean, listen, as much as he's a player's coach, you got to 
draw up the schemes, get guys in position. Like, this was a whole different looking team with Josh McDaniels. You don't really think they get tough, gritty W's like this. Now, I know it's a Zach Wilson led, back of quarterback led Jets team, but this Jets team has made a bunch of games close, beat a lot of good teams, and it's shown they can make, it, make games tough. And you would actually think going into this game, like, oh shit, new coach, the Jets might be able to get right here. Mm-mm. AP has this whole thing different. Like, I love when I watch teams. I talked to you about this. I feel like last year when I was telling you about I love betting teams when they switch coaches. And this is, I don't know, that first two or three week, like, honeymoon phase, it's going to be lit. Now, I talked about the honeymoon phase. Can we take a look at their schedule? I love you was already, my fucking boy. So, the honeymoon phase is great, right? But where do they go next week? In oh, Miami. Look at this next oh, no. next four games. Wow, next five oh, games no. are actually brutal for the for the oh, Las no. Vegas Raiders. We go in Miami next week in week eleven. Week twelve, they're home against the Chiefs. Week thirteen, they're home against the Vikings. Josh Dobbs. Uh week is that now week thirteen is wait, that's eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. So week fourteen is now home against the Chargers, and then week fifteen is in Kansas City. Um, can we call the team dead? Yeah, we can do that. I mean, if we can, I'm dude, not. It's not. I'm not saying that in a dude, bad way, though. Can Can they get two wins here? Is it even possible? Uh, man. Again, I don't gotta, know if they can beat Josh Dobbs. Hey, but let's. I don't know if they can beat Josh Dobbs. That could probably be their only win, though, because if you look at it, like, remember what we always say about divisional matchups? They're always yeah, just harder games. At the crib, like, at the you crib. would think that they would have a better shot against the Chargers. We know they're getting swept by the Chiefs, and if the Dolphins want to really have a huge shot of winning this game. Winning the division, I mean, then they're at home. And now, and after now, the bye, we got to get that because now the Dolphins aren't sleeping on them. Yeah, because now the Dolphins are probably. Nah, this is ugly. Bro. Dolphins, Chiefs, enjoy Vikings, y'all honeymoon Chargers, phase. The honeymoon phase was lit. Over. I hope y'all got it in. Goodbye. I hope y'all saw all the tough hotels, the tourist spots. Hope y'all had some fun. Like you know what I mean, I hope y'all did y'all own thing at the honeymoon because that shit. Devontae Adams, you had your fun now. Now it is. We we might see Devontae Adams uh, pushing another cameraman after this (laughs) four weeks. Now he might be. No, 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 he might be happy. The the, the Raiders players might be happy. I'm talking more so Raiders fans. They talking all this shit in the comment section. Cigars, yeah. Get the honeymoon phase over. Goodbye. You know what? Uh, all right, guys, that wraps up uh, week ele- week 10 of football, already looking to week oh, 11. What we have shit. in store for week 11 is the Super Bowl rematch. The Philadelphia Eagles will be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs in our head. Oh, wait. Travis Kelsey coming is back. That prim- is that primetime? That is primetime. It's Thank Monday night. God. We have one good primetime game. We have one good primetime ta- game. <laughs> Travis Kelsey coming back from uh, his concert with uh, attending... Taylor Swift's Yo, Taylor, Taylor, don't door. slide. Taylor, do not slide. You good, shorty. You good. Yo, you, you heard you heard about you don't want to mess with you good. You good. You don't want to mess with us. You good. Don't slide. She's don't on slide. the tour. A lot of people were oh, pitching. She's on the tour. She's she's on on tour? The tour. Oh, yeah, Cause that's where Kelsey went. Kelsey, I think he went to Germany to go see her. I don't I'm not I'm not uh I'm not confident or correct on that. I forget where he went, but he, he went to go visit her. She changed one of the lyrics on the song. That's and it was like Karma is the guy on the Chiefs. And it's like that. That's, I'm, kind of that's a, coming home to me. That's kind of a bar, but that's. <laughs> but she changed the lyric of the song. That's kind so, of a bar. And then he like met her at the. I yeah, saw everybody's going crazy, bro. <laughs> it's just hilarious. I saw that week ten is over. Don't we will see you in week you. eleven. If you saw this podcast and this episode on YouTube, make sure to drop a like, comment, and do not forget to hit that subscribe button so you're not missing out on any new podcasts and videos this NFL football season on our audio platforms, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. 
make sure to give us those ratings. They do help us a very, very long way for our audio platforms. And if you want to connect with us on all, all our social media platforms, our Twitter is ADED Podcast. Our Instagram is ADED Pod. And our TikTok is simply the name of the show, the All Day Everyday Show. What a fun week 10 it's been. You will see Kenny next week for week 11 after the Penn State-Michigan discussion there. Happy to have you guys here for week 10. You've been listening and watching to the All Day Everyday Show with Don AJ and Manny Ruffin. We will see you in week 11. And maybe Taylor Swift will be in attendance for that uh, Kansas City game. Don't slide, T. Unless you're going to slide, come see me. <laughs> My fault, Travis. Yo, hit the bar. I'm just trying to do me on the beat. It's the ADED pod and we slide now for sure. Have a good week.